Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. Our next workshop is coming up March 15th through the 17th in Pennsylvania in the beautiful Poconos along the Delaware River. Space is limited, so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY to register. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're glad that you've decided to join us today. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. Hey, so, how you glad doing? to be here. Good. Well, uh, listeners, wanted you to, before we get started, just kind of know about some things that we're, uh, we're doing this year, um, kind of connected to the radio program. We've got some pretty exciting things that are coming out this year related to webinars. So we're, we're doing a... Uh, a series on emotional training for men, and that's a seven-part series that we started in January, and uh, it'll go through July or August, um, depending on what you know Stephen's vacation schedule is like in yeah. the summertime, where he's going to be traveling <laughs> around the world somewhere, you know. Uh, and and then we've also started a wives' care basics webinar to help women get a basic understanding of kind of the wives' care ministry in the online groups, but. To learn more about the emotional training for men, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the webinars link. If you want more information about the Wives Care webinars, just go to wivescare.com. But we're trying to do more to just invite people into these spaces to just learn more. We feel like we've got so much um, knowledge at our disposal with our team and with with our people that if we tried to pump 100% of it through this radio program, we might not be able to hit the the right people or do, you know, do it very well. And so we've started kind of creating these webinars to be very specific on a particular topic. And so we want to be able to try to serve you in that way. But Stephen, um, why don't you kick us off here? You've got some ideas Good. you want us to Yeah, I sort of wanted into. us to shotgun a bunch of ideas to challenge people because sometimes you get in a rut and you need a new idea. Mm-hmm. And I hope that one of these ideas will sort of strike you today and you'll run with it. So I'm going to talk. He's going to talk. We're going to go back and forth. So mine is wisdom is focus on wisdom, pray for wisdom, invite wisdom. The Father says, I'll give you wisdom if you ask. And so what is wisdom? To awareness, just to be aware, to know to, in your spirit, sense and perceive and to be in sync with God. So today, pray for wisdom. Multiple times pray for when When you don't know what else to do, say, give me wisdom, give me wisdom, give me wisdom. Yeah, and on that, I would say that, you know, one of the best places to go in the Bible for that is actually the book of Proverbs. I mean, it's a book of mm-hmm. wisdom, and especially related to uh, the issue of walking in integrity. 
I really think, you know, pretty much like Proverbs 3 through 8, those chapters are really good in terms of a father seeking to give instruction to his children about, hey, how do you walk in integrity and purity? And and repeatedly in there, it's talking about, you know, wisdom being so essential to that and that the, the fool, you know, just goes right into these dangerous and uh, unhealthy <laughs> environments. So, yeah, absolutely. Praying for wisdom. That's a good, like you said, a good daily practice. Because even if it's as simple as, God, just give me wisdom today. Help me to yeah. see things from your perspective. I think that's really good. I would say, too, um, just being intentional about prayer itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes we, um, maybe depending on your background or just what you were taught maybe about prayer or about connecting with God, is we can we can sometimes so systematize certain things or formalize certain right. things that we don't feel like as quote-unquote common people I can come before the throne of God. And I think it's so important that we recognize it because of what Christ has done. We have absolute and every day, every moment access Mm. to the God of the universe. And on one hand, that has a beautiful humbling effect, right? Because to think that the God who spoke all of this into existence mm. is willing to bend his ear towards me. There's a humbling aspect of that too. Yes. But I also believe that there's an empowering component mm-hmm. to prayer. And that is that when I get in the presence of God and when I'm laying out my life before him, and then I quiet myself to hear his response, man, what he can infuse in me through his spirit is incredibly mm. empowering for the day. I recognize I'm not going through this day alone. I'm not going through this day with my own thoughts right. and my own wisdom. I get the very access to the God of gods to uh, to help me through this day. So I think prayer is essential. And what I would say to that is pray like a boy talking to his father. Mm-hmm. Just make it real simple. Just talk to your father. So my my next one is this is a fight for your life. This is a fight for your soul, for integrity, for purity, for innocence. This is a fight for good and right and feeling at peace. I mean, this is a battle. We're in a sick culture. We have to fight our flesh at times and evil at times and the culture at times and even bad friends and others with evil intent. This is a fight of your life to hold on to purity, innocence, and rest. Fight like you don't, you, you, you can't lose it. Fight like if it has to take you out, it takes you out. I'm fighting for this. I'm holding on this. I desire this. This is a fight mm-hmm. for good. Yeah. I would say, and what I'm going to say actually dovetails with that, but it would not be the thing that you think of when you think about fighting, and that is confession. Mm. <laughs> we think about like fight of your life, like, okay, pull myself up by my bootstraps, run forward, and yeah. just you know charge into the fray. And I actually think that a person of integrity, a person who's pursuing integrity, understands the the necessity of confession as part of that fight. Um, when I when we do these workshops, and you know, I've been doing those for many, many years. I've been on this journey of recovery and growth for almost twenty years, and in that amount of time, in in you know, almost twenty years, did you know, Stephen? I haven't had a day, not a single day, that I did not need to confess some point of missing the mark to God. Oh, in other words, it, it could be an attitude, it could be a thought, it could be a behavior, it could be something where it's like. I didn't mm. I didn't live perfectly by design, by my design. Amen. But you know what I found the value of confession mm. in that? 
is all that does is just remind me how much I need a Savior, yes. how much I need the presence of God in my life Amen. each and every moment. So confession is huge for building humility, but also recognizing where the source of uh, conquering and, and winning this fight comes from. It doesn't come from us. It comes Amen. from the one in us through Christ. So, Amen. I love the humility of what you just said. So, so we have to make a shift in our mind. We were made to be great lovers, but, but in our boyish, selfish nature, we became great lusters. And in our lusting, we were taking and me and pleasure and want, and we ended up empty. Mm. So we have to go back to remind ourselves we were made to be great lovers sacrificial giving because in giving you receive right and laying down you live right mm -hmm. great lovers and so don't forget your design today you are made to love well yeah and you know i, I have to say that is one of those things that is is getting watered down and diluted and misunderstood and what i what i mean by that is when we start using when we use that word love nowadays in our culture don't you think that that has been an incredibly maligned mm. word? It has been so diluted because now we, we just attach it to anything and everything and make it subjective that, so subjective that we can say anything from I love my, you know, hamburger to right. I love my spouse to I love my God. And it's like, you know what I mean? So I think we're getting to a point where we almost have to put qualifiers on what we actually mean when we we say love. Because when I say when I hear you say we were made to be great lovers, I think to just throw that out into the culture, <laughs> there's a million different interpretations that happen to that. So what I would say is even as kind of a qualifier on that is as men, I believe that we were called to be those who sacrifice ourselves for the good of another. Mm. that's how I would put the, that's how I would encapsulate the term love. And I think that's not how it is often, we use love almost in a getting kind of way, a right. taking, like, I love my hamburger because it makes me feel good. I love this person because they make me feel good. I love my God because, he, you know, I can put quarters in and he gives me what I want. You know what I mean? Yes. And I believe love is saying, no, I'm, I'm sacrificing my agenda and my own well-being for the good of another. Mm -hmm. And that's good. what I think we're made for. We're made for that. And so I think you have to bring every resource you have into this battle. You know, we have wise men around us that can help us, but do we turn to them? Mm. We have resources, and, and I applaud you for listening to the podcast to get some new infusion of ideas and thoughts. Good job. Do you use the podcast? Are you turning to church resources, to biblical resources, to prayer resources, to people? Are you being open and honest? Are you using every resource you have to move in the direction of clean, freedom, light, living by design? Now, I have to let you do the next one because you, you, you love this one so much. <laughs> and I love the way you always tell the story. And <laughs> but you know you said this, right? Do you know, I know part yeah. of this? Okay? So I got to set it up. Jonathan and I are doing these half-day Saturday talks, and we're wearing Hawaiian shirts to shake up things and talking about integrity. And, and Jonathan's rolling along, and he says, you know you were made for purity. And I mean, I just about fell out of my chair. Every now and then you hear something. It's like the very mouth of God opened and came through Jonathan. You were made for purity. 
Mm. You were made for innocence. And it's just like, I, there's such power in that. I was made for purity, to live like an innocent boy who's light and free and clean and made to discover this big world he made for us. I was made for purity. Yeah, and I think the, the key to understanding that is the issue, the issue of design. Mm. Like, you know, I got I to gotta kind of volley back to you because there was a time you went up to Seattle to speak to a group of men, mm. and you made a similar kind of statement when you, when you actually said, did you know as men were to walk in innocence? And you said half the room just started bursting out laughing. Right. And if you think about that, isn't that essentially showing the influence of the culture into yes. the church of essentially saying, innocence, that's ridiculous, that's stupid, that's a laugh. Innocence, yeah. nobody's innocent. And But when you think about design, you've said it this way before, if you think about what our original design was, it was to run around naked in a garden. Mm. Like enjoyment and joy and pleasure and fruit and... And that was his idea. That was his idea, yeah. You know? So the thing is, is that <laughs> in many ways, our this process that we like to call a redemption, of reclaiming mm -hmm. what God has designed us for, is a return to innocence, a return to an idea that says the boundaries that God established around even our bodies and our sexuality, those are good. And, and I think you and I could testify to the realities of the joy and the peace that comes by staying within those boundaries. Wouldn't you amen, say? Amen. That, amen. You know, when we start thinking that we need the things that are on the other side of the boundary, that's when all the stress and, and mm. discord and chaos comes into our lives. But when we stay safely tucked within these loving boundaries that God has, protective boundaries that God has amen. placed, I don't know about you, but I find incredible joy. Like, it's just incredibly peaceful. And peaceful. And, you, and it's like we're boys again. Mm -hmm. We can explore and learn and laugh and roll on the floor, and we can climb the tree and explore the mountains. Yeah. You know? Yes. So this next one is your title, but I'm going to introduce that. You say whatever you want. Be broken. Mm -hmm. Just be broken. Just own that you made a mess. Just own that you've been divided. Just be where you are is your starting point. We start in that we made a big broken mess of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've, I, I get questions about this all the time, obviously. They're like, why did you name this ministry Be Broken? What's that all about? You know, be fixed, be well, be good. <laughs> you know? um, and I really believe that there's two sides of this. One is the side that Stephen's talking about. There's an, there's an admission that we're a mess. We, we, we have brokenness in our lives in the sense that we are not perfect. We're sinful. We struggle. We stumble. We fall. There's, there's brokenness. So just the admission of that is one side of it. I think there's another side of it, too, and that is that when we begin to seek after God and walk in his ways, we recognize the need to be broken before him. And what I mean is there's one aspect of brokenness that is just a reality of our humanity, right? Fallen humanity, we're broken. There's another aspect of brokenness that says, I'm going to choose to remain weak in order that I can experience the power of God in my life. Mm. When Paul was saying, I'll boast in my weaknesses, there's a part of me certainly that would say, would you take those away, God? And he simply says, my grace is sufficient, and can I rest in that? Can I be okay with being weak and frail and, and finite? And that's the other aspect of brokenness, is a willful choice to stay in that state, so then the very power of God may 
be realized in my life. That's good. Hey, you plug the next one, would you? The 40-day course? So, yeah, Stephen was talking about how earlier in our partnership we would do these, you know, little half-day Saturday seminars, and and really kind of the, the punchline of those was challenging men to go on a 40-day offering of purity to God, like a journey to offer 40 days of purity to God. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's yeah. where this started. And that's where that all started, the 40 days. offering, yeah. And, and the key to that was, rec- you know, it wasn't about necessarily 40 consecutive days. It was like, listen, 40 cumulative days. Right. So if that takes you 50, 60 days, you know, it's like the idea is, can you make a commitment to offer wow, 40 days to God? And the idea of an integrity offering is saying that you were able to go through that day having surrendered yourself to, to God, resisting temptation and those kind of things. Mm. Um, and so we that over the years, it turned originally into kind of a workbook, and now it's an online course. And so um, that's a great resource for, for guys to just be able to say, I need to get focused. Because mm-hmm. I think when you can do something daily for 40 days, mm-hmm. something's going to change. Even if it's just by inches, something's going to change because you're, you're focusing and, and you're, differently. I, as, as we recall and reflect and remember i had been doing some reading on making offerings to god because they were mm-hmm. offering bulls and goats and rams at the end of david's reign there were like a thousand bulls a thousand <laughs> yes. goats a thousand rams. and then solomon and the same thing a thousand bulls a thousand rams and it was like god loves offerings but he likes living offerings now mm-hmm. and you could make a 40-day offering to god Wow, that just sounds powerful even and, still. And actually, the way I've framed it up for people, and it's even in our little promo video for the 40 days, is I, I kind of put it in the context of a challenge. Mm. Why don't you challenge yourself? Listen, we're not ma- I'm not going to make any guarantees in your life, but why don't you challenge yourself to say, what would happen if you took the next 40 days yes. and said, I'm going to be intentional about focusing my mind and heart towards offering my life as a living sacrifice, yeah. holy and pleasing to God. And I think you will be pleasantly surprised at how God can take that offering. And one of the, one of the things that, that I love about God is um, he, does, he never returns an offering given in humility. In other words, it's not like, let's say today, you offer him a day of purity, meaning you didn't cross that line. You resisted temptation. You mm-hmm. held the line. You you stayed in that place of innocence mm-hmm. and purity. Did you know that if you stumble tomorrow, God doesn't give back oh, the right. offering that you made today? That's right. He says, no, I receive it. It's, and it's I hold on your it. your account. I've got note of that day that you yeah. gave me that day. It'll forever be on your list of things you gave me. And it's sweet to him. He yeah, receives it. And he's, yeah. He takes pleasure in that. That's great. So the next one is a very practical one. And and it's something I do. Just talk to yourself. Just talk to yourself. Because I have this thought, if I'm talking, I'm battling, and I am not sinning. Mm-hmm. Now, if I sin, I just go into the sin, right? Wow, that's good. Look at that attractive woman that just walked out of the gym and all her title or whatever. It's like, I'm just going to hang my tongue out and, and wag like a dog and follow and be stupid. You know, but if I say to myself, hey, what are you doing? Hey, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Hey, where do you think this goes? Hey, you should stop this. You, you know this makes you worse, don't you? You know it's going to steal your joy. You're going to feel bad. Why are you doing this? If I say anything, mm-hmm. I'm in the battle. And if you think about who am I talking to, I'm talking to God. 
And I'm wrestling before my father with, hey, brain, knock it off. Yeah. I'm literally challenging my brain, talking to God, fighting the fight. If I'm saying anything out loud, I'm not participating in sin. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I actually want to dovetail that with one further down here about the issue of lying. And I think that's it goes with that. And Because what you're doing with the self-talk is you're saying something has been introduced to me that's, that's it's a lie. In other words, it's saying... What's over there is really what you need. You need to spend some time fantasizing about that. All of those are lies. The enticements of sin are always built on the foundation of lies. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do, even in the self-talk, but also just in our, in our speech in general, is put away all falsehoods. Put away all of the lying. Um, here's the thing that I've discovered over the years in my, in my recovery, is that the truth keeps things simple. Like, if I'm honest... That keeps things simple. I'm not saying that it doesn't make things always easy, because if I have to confess sin, that's not always easy, right? But I'm telling the truth. And when you tell the truth, that's all you ever have to remember. (laughs) It's when you start interjecting a little lie here, a little deception there, a little falsehood over here, that now you're constructing this web that you go, okay, now, Stephen, I was talking to you the other day, and I said such and such, and that actually wasn't true, but now I'm talking to you now, and can I remember, was that you that I was talking to about? It's like it complicates, lies complicate our lives. And so the truth, while sometimes it's difficult to face, is the only way to be a man or woman of integrity. So my next one is read. Read on integrity, read about addiction, read about... Uh, emotional growth, read about God, read about wholeness, read. I mean, the TV's right there. Cable is right there. You know, the Internet's right there. Facebook's right there. Distraction is right there. Noise is right there. But how are you going to grow if you don't learn new ideas? Mm. And so, uh, you know, I, I, it's interesting because most, a lot of guys will say, I don't like to read. I don't like to read. And I think a lot of people really have like learning disabilities and struggles because either you like to read and you're fast and it, it reinforces and satisfies or, or some of our brains don't work that well. And I've struggled in my youth learning to read. I'm, if, if I read too fast, I, I butcher my words and I still stutter and stumble. I say, Jonathan, read this, will you? Because I get under pressure and I start bumbling around and I really think it's my brain. And I have some odd wiring. It makes it a struggle. But but I've trained and I've worked and I love to read now and I get ideas now from books. And so uh, no excuses is what I'm saying. No excuses. You got to read your Bible. You got to read your devotionals. You got to you got to read for new ideas. You got to read for growth. You got to read. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, I mean, the the world uh, of the Internet and all that kind of stuff is making it incredibly easy to do that. Like. Uh, my wife almost exclusively, quote unquote, reads audiobooks now. <laughs> you know, so it's like she's just constantly got a book going on. So you can. But are they talking? Or are you just, is, are you literally reading? When you say audiobook, that makes me think they're talking. Oh yeah, you're saying she's reading, and so you're saying she you, she's listening. She's just to listening. Book. Yeah, but it's it's the same thing. That's why I say I she's reading, you. and I'm doing air quotes here. You know, I got you. I but, got you. But it's like so they make it's much easier now to to get information. Even if it's not your eyeballs seeing words on a page, you know, you can still get information. That's kind of what we're doing here uh, with people listening to the podcast is get, helping them get information. I would say one of the other things that I think is really important in this idea of, of growth and insight is 
is dealing with the shame talk. We talked a little bit about that, but mm-hmm. just those those tapes that are playing in your head of, you know, you're stupid, you're different, you'll always do something dumb, you're never going to change, all those kinds of things that play in. And we talked in a previous broadcast about just even how that wires the brain in a certain way. And so shame talk is beginning to say, okay, when this fires up, this lie about shame, I need to have a different response that replaces that with the truth. So when this idea that says, you know, you are stupid, the, the, the truth can be saying, you know, you're a child of God made in his image. You can replace it also, even with some truth that might be difficult. It might be like, okay, I just did a stupid thing, right. but I am not stupid. I am not going to, to destroy my value and my worth because I'm, a, I'm made in the image of God. I'm a child of God. So learning how to kind of have that inner dialogue that says when shame pops up, I need the truth to overshadow it. So you got to move from Band-Aid thinking to real growth thinking. Because I think when people are caught, um, uh, when you're exposed, you don't feel good. When your weakness is pointed out, you're, okay, 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 I'll do something. I'll do something. Okay, what do you want me to do? do let me just get a Band-Aid. And go, okay, it's okay. It's not that big. <laughs> it's like, no, you got to grow. You just have to grow. You have to work on growth every day. You got to grow. You can't put a Band-Aid in a little Bactine and say, okay, it's done. That's the simple. We've done way too much of that. We have to push ourselves into growth mode. And, and I would encourage um, those of you who hearing that immediately feel this sense of overwhelm, being overwhelmed and just a weight, because I can identify with that. Sometimes when I hear people talk about growth and I have all the best intentions, my, my OCD kicks in mm-hmm. and I'm going, what I'm hearing you say, even though it's not what you're saying is perfect growth, perfect growth, perfect growth, perfect mm-hmm. growth. And I've had to replace kind of that filter in my own mind and say, what if we aim for faithful growth? Faithful growth. Faithful Ooh, growth. that's a nice Because it's like, like guess what? We're all going to stumble on our growth yeah. journey, but faithfulness says, I'm still going to get back up, keep moving towards the mission. That's um, such like a grace-based thing. You're absolutely. such a grace-based guy. Just, just be faithful. You're going to fall down. Just get up again. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Why, why do you beat yourself? You can't do perfection. Just... Well, I think it boils down to treat yourself the way God has treated you. And so when we treat ourselves as other than God has treated us, in other words, we start heaping shame on ourselves, we start continuing, we start thinking that I can be perfect. Mm -hmm. It's almost, if I can put it this way, it's like a snub at God. Mm. Because at any point, even if it feels noble that we are saying we know better than God, that's still pride. Yes. So yes. faithfulness says that's what He's called me to. He's called me to faithfulness, and He's He's going to promise to empower me to do that. So, one so, step at a time. Yes, I like this idea of rest. Mm-hmm. Just hold your rest. Try to have as much peace as you can. Look, life is hard, and like when you figure out how to be ten, then you're twenty. And when you get good at 20, then you're 30, you know, and when you liked the first grade teacher, you had the second grade teacher and you hated her. But the third grade teacher, we're all on this continuum that's moving. Right. I used to have hair. Well, those days are gone. You know, I said, I'm still grieving my hair. You know, it's like bodies change, bodies ache, things break down. I mean, family members get sick. Uh, uh, kids don't turn out the way you want them. Uh, but how do you rest? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you 
make sure today you hold your wrist. I mean, you watch the news and somebody just got shot, died, mm. somebody's missing, and the kid riding his bike got hit by a car. It's like terrible all day long. It's like, how do you hold your wrist? That's the mission. And I think that's a good place for us to land the plane on this uh, session because I would also put that together with having a long vision. Like, what does it have? What does it look like in your life to have a long vision of pursuing rest and peace and innocence and those yes. things that are the qualities of a of a man of integrity? Mm. And so, I would just I want to encourage the listeners now that as you think through this podcast, this broadcast here, just just pick one or two of these things and say yes. if God, if it's resonating with you right now, what would that look like over just even the next week? to really kind of focus in on that and think, okay, how do I pursue that a little more faithfully? How do I step into that a little bit more? It could be any number of the 20 things that we that we posted here. Uh, and of course, if you want more help along the way, please reach out to us. We'd love to come alongside and help you on your journey. But we're glad you've been with us, and we'll yes. see you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thanks for joining us. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.